we'll open up with Cole Becker. Cole, just to start things off, uh, you know, obviously the season didn't start the way you wanted to, you missed in the first three. I know it was tough situations, but um, how did you kind of deal with that? You know, coach called you the ice man during during a, a camp and said you went and really missed. So when you missed the first three, how did you kind of deal with that and keep your head up? Um, yeah, it was definitely a disappointing way to start. Um, but I just kept it in my mind that I was still young and I still had a lot of room to grow. So I try not to get too down on myself and I just try to tell myself every week's a new week and just you got to get better this week. Cole, what was the, the reaction on Saturday night after your kick? Just your family, your friends, what was your phone looking like? Uh, blown up. Well, somebody actually got my mom's reaction on tape and posted it to Twitter. I saw it was pretty cool. but. Uh, my family's ended up on the field with most of the fans. Um, it was really awesome. We had family friends. Um, my girlfriend was here. Her cousins were here. So I had a bunch of people here. And it was just a really awesome environment to see everybody celebrating with me. What's it like when they call time out and you kick it? Does that give you confidence? Does it make you really want to? Does it change your mindset at all? Yes and no. I mean, it always makes you think about the kick a little bit more than you should. But I actually kind of like it because I get to take a couple practice swings and I sort of get to like take a deep breath and calm myself down and say, okay, this is the one. Like, calm down, get in your, don't get in your head and just kick the ball. What do you feel like your range is? You saw the Oregon State at 60 yarder with room to spare. What do you feel like your range is? Yeah, um, range hasn't been my main focus here. It's definitely been dialed in on trying to get my accuracy back to where it needs to be. Um, but currently, I would probably say anywhere 55 and in, I'm pretty solid on kicking. Inside 60, I can hit, but it's not as consistent as I'd want it to be right now. Cole, I'm sure you came here with certain expectations. Is there been any aspect of this, being a true freshman place kicker at this level, that surprised you or has been eye-opening? Um, Surprising? Not really. I mean, I feel like I sort of had a handle of what to expect. Um, a lot of my trainers, a lot of my coaches all had experience at the college and some even the pro level. So I've had a lot of great mentors that have let me know what to expect and how to go about sort of entering into an upper level. Had you ever kicked a game winner before? I did, actually. My first year of kicking was my freshman year of high school and our third, one of our first, I think it was our third football game. Um, I ended up kicking like a 25-yard game winner is pretty cool. <laughs> how did this one compare? Obviously, it's a bigger stage. You know, oh, yeah. You know, this team really needed a victory. So how, how did that compare to the, that one in high school? Yeah, I don't, it wasn't even really close. I mean, being my freshman year, for, like, I'm from Northern California. Football isn't, like, the, the biggest deal there. And freshman football team, we probably had maybe, like, three or 400 people, which was, like, it was cool. But, like, compared to almost 50,000 or something like that the other night. Like, it was just an incredible feeling. Did you, through the season now, have you noticed a difference between sea level and your home? Definitely. Um, and I didn't think I would because I came from closer to sea level to the higher altitude, and I was like, oh, it won't affect me that much. And I got here, I didn't really feel the effect, but I've definitely felt the effect going from kicking here to kicking in a game at, like, say, Oregon or Cal. Um, Does it change your approach? doesn't change my approach. Um, maybe a little bit on kickoffs, just trying to hit a little bit less hang time, drive the ball more. But the more I try and change due to condition, the more inaccurate I become. So I try and stay out of my head with that stuff and just hit my ball.
Brian mentioned the Iceman nickname. What was your reaction to that? And are you okay with people calling you that? Absolutely. I think it's pretty funny. Um, I definitely don't think I lived up to it the first part of the season, but I think I'll I'll get there at some point. So it's pretty. Your first nickname as a, as a football player? Um, yeah, I, it's pretty funny. I used to play soccer, and I used to be called Charlie Brown because I had a big head and I got a lot of header goals. But that's my first football name. Well, how pleased are you with your kickoffs? I mean, obviously the other day you put a lot, I think four through the end zone, all were touchbacks. But overall this season, how do you feel like that's gone? Um, I think I've progressed well this season with them. I mean, obviously the altitude up here helps, and I haven't hit as many when we go to away games at the lower sea level. But I feel like my technique is where I want it to be, and as I keep progressing with Coach Turley and this program, I felt I'll get stronger and bigger and be able to hit more consistent touchbacks. I remember when you were recruiting, you mentioned you had a buddy at U that went to UConn with an early enrollee there. And he, one of the pieces of advice he gave you was to not overdo it, that you're going to want to kick all the time. How have you kind of balanced that out here? Is it is it tough to sometimes balance wanting to kick and practice and get better, but also not wear your leg out? I mean, definitely. Like in practice, it's always natural to want to like kick and get better and hit every rep and just keep progressing but it's not the best for your health so like when I was in high school I used to kick five six times a week and it broke down my body but when I got here um, I started to limit my reps and limit my days and I could see a substantial growth in the health of my body and my stamina which was good okay no questions on zoom thanks Cole appreciate it Mr. Josh Watts now questions for Josh Josh, we've seen you, you know, get so much better from last year. Um, how much better does it feel for you, just the way you're, you're punting as you're not kind of settled into American football? Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny, everyone, everyone sort of says it's been a huge difference, but, you know, I, I just don't really think about it. You know, I just really just think about doing my job. Don't really think too much about the techniques, anything like that. Don't think about last year. Sort of just one punt at a time. Um, you know, you know, I, I don't really feel like I'm much better punter this year than last year. I think it's just it's happened more more in games this year, um, and I've been able to showcase what I can sort of do more in games. Whereas last year, you know, we also played in tougher conditions last year, so that that factors in. But um, you know, I just you know I don't really think about those things. I just think about doing my job. Think about you know. Yeah, just hitting it as hard as high and far as I can. Um, you know, it's obviously worked out pretty well. I feel like it's a good mindset for me to have um, because it, when I overthink it, and sometimes I did last year, that's when you can really sort of get in your own head, and um, and then that's when the bad results can happen. But uh, you know, that's advice that I've taken from you know guys like Tom Hackett who played at Utah, won two Ray Guy awards, Mitrishnowski, Michael Dixon, guys like that who you know really just kick the shit out of the ball, you know, and just trust it. And, uh, and that's sort of what I've tried to do this year. Josh, you have a slight lead over Arizona's punter in the Pac-12 in terms of punting average. Is that a goal that you set forth? Is something you look at week to week just to, you know, try to strive for being the best in the conference? No, not, not at all, not at all. I just uh, focus on my job, um, try to limit returns. It's tough with the scheme we run. We run a real sort of pro-style, NFL-style pro-punt system. Um, but just do my best to try and sort of flip the field. If, if, if that's the results that come from it, um, you know, I'll take it, but I'm sort of more focused on the process rather than the results. You mentioned the pro style yeah. aspect. You were actually initially recruited to be a rugby style under hmm. Mel Tucker, right? What was, yeah. 
your reaction when you, you found out you were going to be doing a different style maybe than you anticipated when this new staff took over? You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because at the time I, I wasn't sure how I would fit into to a pro punts game. And even at times this year, you know, I, you know, I've hit some great balls that have been returned. And the way I sort of look at it, it's hard to compare my numbers against teams that do a rugby-style pro punt. So not a pro punt, but a rugby-style rollout punt because when the ball snap, they might get four or five guys down the field. When, you know, with us, we only get two guys. You know, everyone else is protecting until the ball's kicked. So I just focus on, you know, that and, you know... I. If, when I compare numbers and things like that, I'll, I'll do it against teams that run a pro style or NFL teams. And, um, you know, I, I think it stacks up fairly well against both of those things. So to that point, um, you, know, you, you have you've had a lot of punts returned. Yeah. Um, you know, probably more so than others. I haven't looked at the total percentages, mm. but I know it seems like a lot. And you, you yeah. get a good one towards the end of regulation the other night, and it was a 26-yard return. Yeah. You mentioned trying to limit that. How do you try to limit that? Is that kind of the next step for you? Well, that, was probably, that wasn't a great punt. <laughs> As, uh, you know, it's difficult because I think hang time-wise, I'm probably the best or if not second best in the conference, right? Um, so that's just... And it's, it's difficult because I, I looked at guys like, you know, Braden Mann, who won the Ray Guy in 2018, averaged 50 yards, also had similar return yards to what I'm having this year off a similar amount of punts. So for me, it's... Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. Sometimes I get frustrated because I'll hit a great ball with good hang time, good distance, good location, and the other team might just have beaten us at the gunner position and we can't get guys down there. So, um, whereas teams, you know, you know, with no disrespect to, you know, Oregon State's punter, they, they, their best hang time hasn't really been over 4.1 or 4.2 seconds, so 4.1, 4.2 seconds, whereas I'm sort of consistently above those numbers and they, they've had zero return yards. So it, it, I, I, you can't really look at that as a measure, you know, and sometimes it, it gets fr I get frustrated as well because, you know, I feel like, well, sometimes I'll let the team down, but, it, you know, sometimes it's just a great punt. And Thomas Morstead, I remember, a 15-year guy in the NFL, he sort of speaks about, you know, sometimes your best balls will get returned and then in a pro punt scheme, and then sometimes your worst balls, your shanks, um, you know, you get 20 yards on the roll and you get a 60 net. So, uh, you know, I, I try to focus on that. And overall, I think our net's still pretty good. I think we're still top 15, top 20 in the country. Um, I'd like it to be a little bit higher, but uh, for a pro punt scheme, it's it's pretty good, pretty good effort. As a quick follow-up to that, were you frustrated after that one? Oh, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, 25 seconds left, uh, different scenarios we could have gone with. Um, you know, could have kicked it out of bounds. We could have, you know, kicked a short high ball. Um, you know, things that now we sort of know, and we've discussed that in the meeting today with the coach, and, you know, now we know moving forward we're in that situation, situation, right, we might have to punt it out of bounds or kick it 35 yards up in the air, make sure they can't return it. Pro Kick Australia has produced so many different guys that have had success in the States, punting and kicking. Is that kind of like a fraternity? How many of those guys have you come across in your time? It feels like we've played in Australia every time we've played this year and a pro kick, a guy from pro kick. So, you know, we've got a group chat. We speak all the time. Um, we, yeah, you know, it, it's great to have those guys over here and we've got guys at all levels from, you know, I think it's FCS, the, the Division Two, from whatever, all the way up. We've got five guys, six guys in the NFL. 
So we have that constant sort of communication and it's, it's awesome to see a lot of guys doing well and, and you know, really progressing. What's it been like for you this season where in the first half of the season you were a vital weapon and you knew coming in that it was you that was helping the team. So you go from that to hardly getting any the other day. How, how has that progression been for you? It's, it's fantastic. I mean, to see the team perform, uh, you know, that offense is really starting to click and that's going to bloom from now on, I really believe. Um, you're going to see massive strides in the next sort of last sort of three games of the year. Hopefully we got a bowl game at the end of that. Um, and it's fantastic. I can sit on the sidelines a bit more and watch Brendan, you know, do what he does. Um, you know, for me, it, that, that, that excites me, you know. Less, less punts, less work on the leg. I can really sort of focus on the punts that I do have. You came here with uh, planning on being here two years. Yep. You've now been here two seasons, but because of COVID, you can have another one. Have you decided what your plans are after this season? Uh, Sorry for next season. Yeah, like do you, do you, do you, plan, you could come back next year. Yeah, no, yeah, still firmly believe that. I'll, I think I still need another season um, here to, to really, you know, cement. And you know, my goal is to be the number one punter coming out next year, and that's what I'm really sort of aiming to do. Um, and I think I can achieve that here. So I, I think I, I still need some some work in some areas, but you know, one more year will really help. Anything on the Zoom for Josh? Yeah, I've got one. Uh, Josh, you obviously were a rugby kicker. How hard was the transition for you to go from the rugby style, lower hang time to, to making punts with four, four and a half times the, the hang time? It took some time. Um, fortunately, I think I've sort of mentioned this before, I had Tom Ruin who really guided me through that process. Now, he worked with a guy down at Alabama called J.K. Scott, who was, I think, a two or three time All-American, first team All-American, Ray Guy Award winner. Um, so that really sort of helped and I sort of progressed pretty quickly. Um, but last year I was sort of like a, a true freshman, right? I never played before and there's not a lot of true freshman kickers and punters that are, are ready to come in and perform at a high level. It takes five or six games and you're seeing it with Carl really sort of bloom now. Um, so it, it, I think it just it took time but it just took me to really sort of feel comfortable um, you know, playing college football. Justin, I think you got a question, Justin. Josh, a, a couple people have touched on it already, but just as this season started and, and the offense wasn't really clicking and, and you were seeing a lot of action out there, punting six, seven, eight times, um, now there's only a couple games left in the season. Your, your workload has definitely decreased. Um, I'm just curious, broadly speaking, just how are you feeling? How's the leg and just uh, overall health-wise, uh, how's your body feeling right now? You know, it's pretty banged up for sure. I think um, uh, a couple of games there, Cow, I, I felt I punted well against Cow. I didn't punt well against Oregon, but I was probably hitting it about 50%, 60%. Um, so I just work with Coach Turley and sort of we sort of manage it throughout the week um, pre-game to try and really get up and um, hit as best as I can on the weekend. And we feel like, you know, if I'm at 60%, 70%, that's still pretty good pretty good for us so um, it, you know it, it's, it's actually feeling better now than it was three or four weeks ago and I think it's the loads definitely help being taken off. Alright thanks Josh. Cool. Thank you. Good afternoon um, you know recapping the game uh, you know it was uh, the first 
I think chance this, this season that I thought our offense started fairly quickly. Uh, first two series of the game, we had points on the board. Uh, one was the first series was a three-point drive, and then the second series, a, a seven-point, what gave us a 10-0 lead. So that was really something we were challenging our offense to do. Um, I felt that they played, uh, you know, made some significant steps of improvement, uh, given from the past week, uh, two weeks ago against Oregon. So um, there's a lot of confidence that's going on on that side of the ball right now with a number of guys that are playing better. So we're good and excited about the improvements that they're making. I thought we made some improvement with our defense as well. Uh, I mentioned to you guys before we've we're using like four linebackers um, as in rotations and different packages, you know, to to fill in the that that void that Nate's not <laughs> not not present. And uh, it was better than uh, two weeks ago, you know, against Oregon. Uh, there's still some some work we need to continue to to do uh, in practice to get those guys kind of tuned up and ready to go for uh, for them to play even better. Uh, but I am encouraged. I thought Jack Lamb played his best game, you know, since he's been, you know, in a significant role now. You know, Marvin Ham is showing up, you know, doing some positive things along with Robert Barnes. And, you know, so we, we feel like uh, there's some very capable people there that are that are doing some things uh, very well. You know, Quinn Perry is, has been solid most of the season. You know, from he's been playing probably more extensively than anyone else that's playing right now, you know, in those inside positions, and he's playing solid. Um, you know, our players of the game and on, on the defensive side, Carson Wells, you know, our edge players, he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he does show up in opportune times. It's good to see that he's still making plays for us. You know, he had uh, the, the lone sack in the game that I think was good to stop a drive. And, you know, he's been uh, very disruptive in a lot of ways. So he's, we're hoping that he kind of gets kind of into a rhythm of doing some positive things like he's finished and, and has done uh, this past week. Um, and Mustafa, you know, Mustafa was the, our second uh, guy on defense that we felt played, uh, you know, uh, that deserved a game ball. You know, he was doing some constant pressure inside, you know, inside the middle of that, their offensive front. Um, he had uh, three QB pressures and, you know, he was making the quarterback move around quite a bit from his interior rush. So it was good to see him having some productivity inside. So we, we feel those two guys did well. You know, on the offensive side, you know, Jarek Broussard, you know, had a had a really good game. You know, he had a lot of yards after contact, which is something I've been uh, stressing with our running back position and understanding that we need, you know, some tough yards at times. And he's running hard and, and physical and, and still slithering through and making plays. So it was good to see him have some uh, some production like you guys have seen in the past, in years past. So he was one of our players of the game, and the other one was Casey Roddick, who had a, a really good game as well, playing in the interior, playing at our right guard position. Um, he did some really good things. You know, he made some improvements on the things that were ailing him in the course of the season, and uh, the offensive line in general is starting to play better. We still got a lot of work to do. We're not anywhere close to being like a, a you know, we, we can play better. Let's just say, let's just put it that way. We can play better. You know, Brendan Lewis played solid. You know, the receivers played well. You know, so it was good. It was a good performance, you know, from from really all three areas. Now, I'm going to get to the third area. I think you guys just had, you know, some time with our specialists. You know, they have quietly, you know, particularly Josh Watts, 
has quietly uh, been among the top in the country with what he does, you know, as our punter. And sometimes I get overshadowed because of, you know, the the lack of success as a team. And 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 uh, in this case, you know, he's been really, really steady. Uh, he has been uh, a, a big-time performer in critical moments. And, and uh, he's deserving of some, some mention because he's, He's been very consistent. All of our special teams, other than one area, our score team, our field goal team, is you know among the top two or three in the conference. You know that's all of our special teams. So we feel good about the progress that's been made there, and uh, we know that down the stretch of these last few games and this week with UCLA is, you know, we're going to need all three phases of our football to play well for us to be successful. So. Uh, that's the goal. You know, we had a good practice today. Um, players kind of understand where we're heading. You know, we understand the challenges that lie ahead. And uh, we've accepted uh, the opportunity that lies before us. So I would like to now open up for questions, please. Let's start with your, your punt team. I know there's so much that went on towards the end of that game that maybe it was overlooked. <coughs> You know, that punt return they had really set things up for that 60-yard field goal. It did. Josh was telling us how, you know, he'd like to limit the amount of returns. There's been a lot of his punch returns. How big was that play, and, like, what can you get to to kind of maybe limit the amount of returns? Well, I, I think that was a coaching error. You know, I'm sharing that blame, too. But, you know, given where we were and we were punting the football, we should have uh, punted it to either directionally punted it right or left, you know, towards the sideline. Uh, potentially for it to go out of bounds because, you know, obviously that return gave them almost a midfield position to start their series to, to get in field goal position. And if we we just angle punted, you know, right or left and and get the ball out of bounds and they're, and they're starting that drive at the 25 instead of at the 47, then it's a, it's a, you know, a little more challenging to get in field goal position. So that's something that we've learned, you know, in the process and, and, and you know, evaluating the tape and, but, you know, we knew that they were going to pressure us. So part of it was we needed to get the ball out, right? So, but I think to, if we can get the ball out and, and directionally punt, that's probably the ideal scenario to do. With Brendan Lewis, has the game slowed down enough for him to where he's processing things quite a bit differently than he did early this season? It has, Adam. It has slowed down some where you see, you're seeing a lot of improvement from him. Uh, in the passing game, uh, we're still leaving some offense out there. <laughs> we're still leaving some things. So he's not seeing everything in the way that I, we would want him to. But he is, uh, he's come big, huge gaps and milestones uh, uh, from, from where he was at the start of the season. He's definitely grown so much. Um, he is confident. And we're going to continue to bring progress for him as he as he moves forward. But you know, we we've had some opportunities even in this game to to really do some some really put more points on the board, and we just missed those opportunities by uh, not seeing it. So he's he's still learning. You know, he's made a lot of progress. We're very pleased. I want you guys to know we're very pleased with where he's going. But he's you know he's still he's still growing. Carl. Uh, the AP is asking coaches across the conference, um, just what do you see in the differences of offenses in the conference insofar as there are no quarterbacks in the top 30 in passing, but there are three running backs 
in the top 30. Do you, is it the kind of defenses the conference has, or is it just who happens to be where? It, it, it seems more of a trend this season. It's a great question, actually. You know, it, there's some really good offenses in this conference. And I think the common thread with, with the good offenses in this conference is that there's an ability to run the football. And even though they're spread systems in a way, the quarterback run game is a big part of that. So that's, that's actually taken a, a little bit of a priority than, than really just being a passer. So I think you're seeing more run production. You know, whether you're a, a pro-style offense or even in these spread offenses, you're seeing more run production from the quarterbacks. Um, not that you can't have a 4,000-yard or 2,500, 3,000-yard passer, but I, I, I believe that is trending that way, that you mentioned that. Uh, as for ourselves, you know, we're, we're still – evolving in a lot of ways, right? We're still trying to find offense in a lot of ways, and it's starting to show itself more. But I, I, I believe this past game gave us some balance for the first time, you know, some legit balance. You know, that, that's, I, that's one of our goals from, me, from the offensive standpoint. And we're going to always try to operate that way to be able to run the ball effectively and to do the, you know, some play actions and some other passing elements. But I believe you're right. It's just, it is, the game evolves, though. It, it does evolve in a lot of ways. And I'm not, I'm not surprised that you notice that, you know, in terms of the passers that are, there's not a predominant, you know, just a drop back passer, you know, that's high in, in terms of recognition in this conference. I think it's more that position is now part of the run game, so to speak. Do you think it, it could be? defenses that the conference is going with now or is it just the type of quarterbacks that are like you just said running more and not necessarily pocket passers well the it's both it's both you know from from a strategy on defense you know most defenses in in any team that you play each 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 week they want one more defender than the offense can block so in any formation you put up, they're going to try to have one more defender than the offense can block. And so that's challenging at, time when you, at times when you're trying to, uh, how do we get to this guy? That means bringing a receiver in to block him or, you know, you have to do different little adjustments to try to block that extra defender. When you have a quarterback that's now part of your run system and that running back is now part of the blocking system, now you got a chance to get a hat on a hat. So that's the reason why you're seeing more some quarterback run game, because it evens out the playing field. So instead of it being in a 11 personnel, starting to get technical here, you know, 11 personnel offense was normally a seven-man front. Now you've used a runner as a blocker, and you have your tight end and your five offensive linemen and your running back as now blockers, you can block all seven. And that's why you're seeing some prevalence with quarterback run game because it evens out the playing field. So there's, there's, that's just a theory. You know, that's just one of the things that, that's the reason why it does give some advantages for the offense. Um, 
But I, I believe football does go in cycles. It does. And there's going to be in five years' time a different element of the game. It's just, you know, the game changes, and we have to evolve with all the evolution of it. How has Brendan's demeanor helped him improve for a young guy who's probably used to a ton of success and then all the frustration earlier in the year? It seemed like he never let that frustration get the best of him or overwhelm him. Have you been impressed with his demeanor through this difficult year? Is that helping him have success now? I have been impressed with, with his level of maturity that he had to endure over the course of the season. You know, there was challenges for at the start where, you know, there was inconsistencies in his game, and he knew that. And instead of uh, really being down on himself about it, he knew that he had to work harder. He knew that he had, um, you know, he had a lot to shoulder on his plate when you're the quarterback. You're, you know, you're, you're offensive really being able to generate offense and points is because of how well he plays. So he's realized that. So he's come, you know, a long way since the start of the season. And he knows he's not a finished product, but he's very confident that he can get where he wants to go in terms of his own personal goals and ambitions. So he's on a good trend right now. He really is. And the team is behind him and are completely confident in what his uh, – his abilities are as he moves forward here and he's he's really day by day getting better and better you know he threw some beautiful balls today that he wasn't doing six weeks ago you know so he's he's constantly making that progress um, and everyone sees it and that's why they're excited about his future with Levante getting back in the mix on Saturday I'm just curious how your relationship has evolved with him here this last year and a half as he's you know overcome some of these issues that he's dealt with we have a good relationship. You know, there's been times I had to be hard on him, and I think we're at the point right now he understood, you know, the circumstances that he, that he dealt with, and he's, he's at the point in his life, he's ready to move past that and, and move forward with, with opportunity that lies in front of him. So uh, he's changed and matured quite a bit as well, you know, he's, since I've been here. He understands, you know, he, he takes ownership for, you know, anything that he's done in his past, and, and he's ready to move on from that and make his, you know, his, his really his goals and ambitions that he set for himself are still in front of him. They're still attainable. And this is one of those things he's going to, he's really going to move past this in a hurry because I really think he's, he's matured quite a bit. We've talked to you a lot about the offensive line changes the last couple of weeks, but I feel like you know, another thing we've seen is the, the play calling looks a little bit different. I mean, the plays are uh, things you guys didn't do early in the season, some of them. Um, do you feel like you've kind of changed the playbook a little bit or added some new wrinkles to it? We're, we're grabbing for anything and everything, Brian. <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, we're, we're trying to have productive offense. That, what we – what I, I really – orchestrated our offensive staff to do is to really be more critical of our players and their strengths, strengths and weaknesses. You know, we, we don't want to put our guys in positions to do things or ask them to do things that they're not, maybe really it's not their, not their strong point. So we, we decided to do that by position, you know, what, what's best for our offensive line given the, the type of athletes we have there, what's best for our tight ends, our running backs, 
what type of runs are, are best for our running backs. Um, what's, what's best, obviously, for, for B. Lou, you know, that he's comfortable with. So there's a lot of really detailed work about trying to find the best elements of all the positions and meld it together. And that's what you're seeing now, is that there's, there's confidence in all of these areas because the coaches have done a really nice job of, of really detailing that part of it, trying to trim in the fat, so to speak. So as a follow-up to that, um, is there also something to like, comfort as a, as a coach, as a play caller? I guess what I'm getting to is that some of the things we're seeing like, are some things that Chev might have done in 2018 that we hadn't seen a whole lot of until the last mm-hmm. couple of games. So I'm wondering if you had to like, work and get Chev more comfortable in an offense. And it's, it's everyone included. I mean, it's coaches coaching better, play calling better, players being in position to do things that they can do you know, very confidently. So, yeah, it's, it, when you talk about it's not just the players. It's just how the whole dynamics of the offense. We really had to sit down and kind of bare our soul, so to speak, <laughs> to what we think are our strengths, you know, both as, uh, as, what, what, as what we're coaching along, along with what the, the stuff we're asking our players to do. It's a great question, though. To follow up on the play calling, Carl, um, the play with um, Lynch, coming up, taking the snap, and sneaking it. I'm just curious, where does a play like that come from? I, I saw San Francisco in the NFL run a play similar to that maybe a month and a half or two months ago. So I'm just curious, is that a play that's in your playbook? Do you guys watch other games and see something and think, oh, you know what, that would work for us? And I'm just wondering how kind you, of, you get wrinkles. Yeah, exactly. We, we On Sundays when we come in, we grade the tape early, and we get the grades done, and we're kind of flashing through NFL games. You see some unique things that that the NFL does, and you know, when I was in the league for the last 14 years, we called it a copycat league because everybody had everybody's tape. You know, all 32 teams, so you would study different offenses every week and say, "Oh man, we can do that or do that or certain things on defense." So there is those elements of you're studying other people and and trying to find, you know, some ways to, you know, to to create some some creativity in your offense. You know, with, with Matt, you know, Matt being a former quarterback, right, so we knew he can take a snap, and he's, you know, 250 pounds instead of B. Lou being at 205 or 210 pounds. So we decided to, to incorporate something, like you said, so that he's driving behind the center with a little more weight that can get the first down. You know, so it's just we've seen a number of teams that have done some similarities like that. So, and that it, those types of things, just a little bit of a different play on a sneak, or you know, reverse or double passes or things like that, that energizes the team, you know, because they they like creativity, they like to try to create some big plays, and and uh, so it, it was a it was a positive addition for us. I think we got one from the Zoom coach, Justin. You got a question? I'm just wondering, um, earlier this season when, when you guys were struggling offensively, particularly through the air, uh, it, it looked like opposing defenses really were, were kind of playing you uh, accordingly, uh, just really uh, emphasizing the run, just knowing that, that there wasn't too much of a threat through the air. And now in recent weeks, with you guys looking a lot more multidimensional and Brendan Lewis going out there and, and, and earning the respect of, of defenses, I'm wondering just how much of a component within your recent offensive success do you think that is? Just the fact that the defenses are a little bit more on their toes now. Well, Justin, I think you, for us to, to really balance the defense, 
the defense has to respect what the offense is doing. And so early in the season, there wasn't a lot of respect on the passing game because there wasn't a lot of productivity. And if you even look at our stats right now, we're still not very good in the conference, but the last two games are showing a trend in a different direction, in a positive direction. So we're, we're hoping teams continue to just load and do the, the things that, that they were doing earlier because there is a lot more confidence in our passing game, which means that we're getting one-on-one opportunities and our receivers are, are starting to be very dynamic you know, in beating man coverage. So we hope the trend continues where they're going to give us chances to make plays because we're making those plays. And our, our guys are confident that they're going to can make those plays with any, against anybody. So we, we, there is a different air to it for sure. You know, first of all, Brendan leads that, that attitude because he's the one throwing the football and he's requesting for things to be done, which he, hasn't, he wasn't doing early in the season. And... Of course, our receivers believe that they can beat anybody. And so far, we've been successful since we've had this, this, this kind of this surge. Our guys are being productive. So we're going to ride that wave as long as we can. You know, we're, we're making plays in the passing game. And that's going to help our run game because there will have to be a level of respect for that. And that would give us kind of the, the balance that we were looking for from the start. All right, anything else from the Zoom? Or just uh, one, one more quick one, if I, if I may. Um, Carl, I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, are you able to, to provide any sort of update on the likes of uh, Guy Taubman, Dimitri Stanley, and Makai Blackman at this time? No updates. You know, they're all, uh, you know, we're going to see how the week goes in terms of how much progress they made from last week to this week. Um, so they're, they're all, I would say, we're hopeful that, you know, some of those guys would be able to play by the end of the week. But it's too early to tell right now. Okay, Carl, I, I was struck by it. You said you've been in the NFL for the last 14 years. It, it seems like you were just at UCLA. What's it going to be like after this time going back? It's been a while. Um, what's it going to be like? It would be interesting being on the other sideline since I haven't been on the other sideline. So, uh, But I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a... It's, uh, it's a very important game for us. You know, we, we need to continue to, to play positive uh, football and get better each and every week so we can get a chance to win games. And this is the next one on our plate. But there's no sentimental issue other than it's, we, we have a, a tremendous challenge in front of us. You know, it's a very good football team. They're coming off a bye, so they'll be fresh, a lot fresher than we are. So we, we understand the, the elements of what we're walking into. So I think more importantly to me is, is really having our team continue to strive on what they've been doing the last two weeks and keep improving so that we get a chance to win this game. All right, thank you. A couple quick ones for you. Real quick, Max Ray, what's an update on him? Max is out indefinitely right now. You know, he's, he's been dealing with uh, some medical issues and there's there's a question mark of whether he's you know he's willing to continue to play right now so we want to make sure we go through all the neurological things that he needs to uh to see where his where his future lies right now but he's out indefinitely and just one last thing for just i can only get dorian thompson robinson sounds like he might be back uh how, how good is he as you watched the film 
talk about quarterbacks in the conference, I mean, he might be right up there as, as the best one. You know what I say about veteran starters, right? I mean, it's, they're hard to defend, you know, and um, he's, he's actually played quite well this year. Um, and he's played well in, in really critical moments, you know, in, in games when they needed first downs and fourth down conversions, fourth and twelves, things like that. He's been, he's been pretty dynamic in, in getting those things uh, uh, done. So he's, he's another one of those guys just like Arizona State's quarterback, just like Cal's quarterback that, that have had these multi-years and have seasoned in their offense. They're hard to defend. Um, but that's a challenge we stand to take. And we know what we have to do to, uh, to win this game is that we're going to have to play really quality football in all three phases to do it. Right. Thanks, Thank Joe. you.